This is Jessica Pate, your host for Brave Together podcast. I am here to serve, encourage, and inspire you in your journey as a special needs mom. This is your tribe. This is your community, your place to be reminded that you are not alone. Please follow along as I share stories, inspiration, and resources just for you. Hi, everyone. Today is an extra, extra special episode because I have my daughter Kate as my guest on the show today. And we're going to talk about siblings. What is it like to be a sibling to a brother or sister with special needs? We know that this topic is so incredibly important, and we got a great response last year when we did our series on the siblings. And so this year, I invited Kate, who is 15. She's my youngest. She's got two older brothers, Luke and Ryan, and she has willingly agreed to share her point of view and her experience growing up with Ryan. Hi, Kate. Hi, I'm Kate. Um, I'm a freshman in high school. I think my mom said I'm 15, and I'm excited to be on the podcast. (laughs) This is so, so fun. So thank you, Kate. And like I told Luke when I interviewed him last year on the podcast, you don't have to feel like you need to say the right answer. So you don't have to say what you think I want to hear as your mom. I want you to be candid because that's the only way that our listeners learn and hear for their own experience and for their own family. So don't be afraid to say what we did wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, Don't be afraid to, you know, throw out some critiques because that's how I learn and that's how our audience will greatly benefit. That's why we're doing this. This is why I want your honest point of view. So when I say, how would you describe your experience growing up with Ryan? What's the first word or words that come to mind? Um, I would say one, chaotic, and two, a blessing. So let's talk about that. So let's talk about chaotic. There's just a lot of highs and lows, and usually those highs and lows are extremely high or extremely low. Sometimes there's an in-between, but it just it goes up and down pretty fast because Ryan's emotions are almost like heightened. Like when he's excited, he's really excited. And when he's upset, like, you know, he's really upset. So it's just like... It can be kind of chaotic, like when when he gets upset and anxious and starts really going at it, it it's stressful and makes a little bit of chaos in the household. When I think of chaos, too, I think of unpredictability. And we've definitely gone through seasons where Ryan's behavior and anxiety has been more predictable and less predictable or completely unpredictable, right? Exactly. That's what I meant by, like, the highs and lows. It's unpredictable because it's it's kind of all over the place sometimes. Yes. And it's just, it can, we don't know when we're going to get those highs or lows because they just kind of come out when they like to. It's not like, oh, here it comes, you know? I mean, sometimes it can be like that, and it's kind of easier when it's like that even though it's not easy it's 
do you know what I mean? Yes, of course. I live this life with you. But I yeah. want to hear it from your perspective as as a sister. So what is it like hmm. to live with a really unpredictable day? We don't know if today Ryan's going to wake up off or really happy or obsessing about something or super fatigued, which leads to irrational anxiety. I know that the textbooks and the therapists say whenever there's unpredictability in a household, it creates anxiety. And I am coming to terms with my own anxiety that I've carried through the years because of Ryan. What is that like for you? When I was younger, it used to be more like I would take on the responsibility of it. And overall, that would cause me anxiety, but I'd choose to ignore the anxiety and instead turn on like the mother mode in me. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, of course it makes sense. Yeah, like turn that on and suddenly I'd be like, okay, I gotta, I gotta deal with this. I gotta help him calm down and like I can deal with all the stress of it later. It'll come out later inside of me, but currently I'm just gonna deal with it. But now I've kind of gotten used to like, okay, this isn't always my responsibility because I'm the sister, you know? I can now, currently when I'm having the anxiety, push through it instead of shoving it down and it bursting later. So what I want to tell our listeners, Kate, is that even when parents are intentional and involved and we think we are keeping the communication lines open and we didn't want you or Luke to take on parental roles, it can still happen. And it did for you. And that's something we've realized a lot this last year is that you very much felt that we put you in that role and we didn't even realize we were doing it. Mm -hmm. And so we're working through that. Mm -hmm. So I share that openly. And I thank you, Kate, for letting me share that with our listeners because I want parents to know that dynamics develop even when you're intentional, even when you try to be highly communicative, even when you feel like you're looking for family dynamics because you know that having a child with special needs has its ripple effects within the family. Most kids might share that their special needs brother or sister took all their parents' time and energy and attention. Is that how you felt growing up so far? There were definitely different phases. It just was kind of like the Ryan show most of my life, I feel like, just because he he needed that. But at the same time, I think siblings need that attention too. But like currently, I think we're really getting good at working on communication and like saying like, okay, like, let's talk. Like, how are you? You know, it were it's it's more of those genuine conversations now. So it's not as much as like, oh, let me just go deal with Ryan. It's like, Kate, how are you? Like, are you mm-hmm. good right now? Like, what can I do for you? You know? Well, and I think too, if I if I may share this, um, what can often happen in a special needs family is that the siblings will act as if they don't have needs or they shove down and compartmentalize their own needs because the needs of their sibling takes up so much space that they can often feel like they don't want to bring up their own needs. Siblings tend to suffer in silence. Mm. They they don't want to burden their parents because they know 
that they already have a lot going on when they're when their sibling with special needs is dealing with whatever they're dealing with you know they don't want to burden their parents more than what they already have to handle you know even though we know like you care about us it's just like we don't want to take up too much space when you already have a lot going on it's interesting that the siblings can feel like their needs are a burden and it's their basic human needs for attention for time for quality time for affirmations for their love languages being spoken to them because there's someone in the household that requires so much they feel like they're almost not allowed to have needs because notice she said I didn't want to burden we don't want to burden our parents but as a mother it's my joy to take care of you. It's my joy to take care of your needs. And I know Chris would say the same, but it's just interesting how sim leads interpret yes. their own needs I, as burdens. I think it's important to remind your kids that, like you just said, it is a joy for me to take care of you. It sounds like it feels good to have that as your duty as a mother, you know? But I think a lot of parents forget, like, to tell their kids that mm-hmm. you know so I think even though you think it's implied by just saying like oh I love you or giving hugs occasionally or like you know it's not always just implied like you need to directly say to your kids it is my joy to take care of you and ask them the questions like how are you and when they say oh I'm fine I'm good whatever like how are you really like you can be open and honest with me and sometimes kids might choose not to take on those words as genuine because they've got this blockage in their head like no 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 I can't be a burden to them and that might happen and that's when you really need to be like okay let's take some time to really have one-on-one time with my kid and like let them know like you are also a priority you know you are a priority too because you're my child and I care about you so much. So one thing that I wish I would have done is said that from the very beginning when Luke and Kate were little just sort of training them raising them up knowing that I will always make time for you you are a priority to me how you are feeling how you are doing what you are thinking about all of that is such a priority to me and it's like I thought dad and I were doing that because we always did one-on-one dates or one-on-one trips or we would make time for just you guys and leave Ryan with a sitter. But sometimes we need to say things again and again and again. Another thing that I remember <clears throat> saying to you in the last couple of years was, Kate, I know you have needs. I know you have needs. You have a voice in this family, even though Ryan's voice seems to take over. I wish I would have said that when you were five. Yes, because I had already created this wall. There was like earmuffs around my ears being like, nope, you can't hear that. It just goes, or it just goes in one ear out the other because I had already created this wall saying like, nope, you have to block those words off because your needs aren't important. You know, like Mm -hmm. I, I think starting that from from the very beginning it 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 can be as early as when they can't even talk yet you know it can and it just go from there and just always be like like saying those things back in the beginning when I said what are like the first words or phrases that come to mind and you said a blessing 
So what about growing up with Ryan has been a blessing to you that you can reflect on at age 15? But mind you, Kate is such a deep feeler and deep thinker, so I will not be surprised if I get a really deep answer. But <laughs> but what's a blessing? Well, honestly, I guess a lot of people would put it as like maybe a blessing in disguise, but really it's right out in front of your face. Like, if, if you just choose to see it. Because Ryan has taught me an incredible amount of things that I wouldn't have learned if I had grown up without a sibling with special needs. He's taught me to be stronger than I was before. He's taught me to be patient. He's taught me to have compassion, empathy, sympathy, all of it. And I've learned... I mean, behavior skills because of him. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Probably have master's degree by now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> behavior management. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's he's just taught me so much. He's really been a teacher to me. Like, I, I mean, I hope that I've had a similar impact on him where I've taught him some things. But on in all honesty, he's really been the teacher. What's one super fond memory? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Well, I would say I remember there's this really special moment where I was like talking with Ryan and he just, it was almost like he was Ryan, but not like he came out of this really, he came out of his shell and just became super genuine and was like, was just talking to me genuinely. He was answering my my questions and my and having a genuine conversation and I remember him saying like Kate it's really hard having special needs and I was like I was like yeah like buddy I'm here for you and then he was just talking about it and I started getting choked up like the way he described it I was like I was like is this Ryan speaking because I had never heard him sound so mature mm-hmm. another memory I have is when I was I was getting him a snack and I brought him over to the couch and I was like, here's your snack, buddy. And then he was like, did you lock the fridge? And I was like, yes, I did. And he was like, thank you so much, Kate. I really need that. Oh my gosh. And it just was like, oh my gosh. Like you, you see, you, you understand to some degree, like this is, we do this because we care about you and love you and and want you to be safe, you know? Sometimes in Prada Willy, most of the time in Prada Willy families, we have to lock our fridges. And it's like you you, you don't want to, like, make the kid feel bad about themselves. Like, oh, yeah, we're locking this because you're unsafe and stuff. Like, no, like, and I was worried he always thought that. Like, I, I was worried he felt low of himself because of it. But he genuinely told me thank you. Like, thank you for locking it for me. Like, I know I need that. Well, what we've learned, too, in, in Prada really world and training and education is that when we lock our fridge and our cabinets, it provides security. It actually settles their anxiety because there's no hope for access to any food. And so it's like he appreciates it. Yeah. And I know he appreciates it internally, but I never knew he could he could present that externally, and he did, and it was just incredible. So do you mind living with a locked kitchen? How is that? It's been almost, 
it'll be five years. Yes. Yeah, so how how is that? I I remember when I sort of made the announcement to the family, it was kind of like eye rolls and uggs and oh my gosh. And even I wondered, how are we going to do this? We open the fridge and the pantry 10,000 times a day. So do you remember that when we first had to yeah. when you were 13? Because like, I was in fifth grade and at the beginning, it really affected me because I remember this one time I was, I had a group project. So I had some people come over to help work on that they saw the locked pantry and they questioned they were like why do you have a locked pantry and I didn't want to explain my whole life story to them in like two seconds because I didn't know them that well and it was just it was a little bit uncomfortable I was starting to feel kind of emotional because I was like thinking how do I respond to this like Mm -hmm. it's we need it for my brother's <clears throat> safety. Like, what is that? What are they going to think? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and like all the social pressures. But over time, I started being like, who cares what other people think? Like, this is for my brother's safety. Well, that's very mature of you. But it is, you know, I always joke when someone says, oh, what is Prader-Willi syndrome? And I say, well, there's no cocktail party answer. Uh, and I feel like apologetic because I have to like go into this like 10 minute explanation. Yeah. Well, there's no fifth grade explanation. Exactly. Because like. <laughs> In fifth grade, I had a pretty good understanding because, I mean, I lived with him for 11 years, but how are you supposed to explain a 10, 11-year-old what Prader-Willi syndrome is? A lot of kids in elementary school don't even know what it means to have special needs, and it was just a part of my world, so I completely understood it, so it was, like, normal to me, but to other kids, I was like, what are they going to think? It's taken me a while, like, this takes time, but... Honestly, I have come to the understanding that, like, this is just part of my life. And, like, it was weird at the beginning. It's not weird anymore, but when it was weird at the beginning when I'd go over and spend the night at a friend's house and I could just open the refrigerator without anything or they would have leave food out on the counter or, like, they would... They would have bowls of fruit they out would, and you're like, what? What? Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what other families <laughs> that's do. That's what other families do, but, like... Now I'm just kind of like, you know, I've just kind of finally been able to accept it. So what do you think is the best trait that you have gained by growing up in this family? Mm, I'd probably say patience. Like, okay, I'm not talking about like waiting in line for your Starbucks drink. I'm talking about like with people. Like I feel like I'm able to be patient with people, work with kids because of it. I love working with kids, and I'm able to be patient with them. I'm able to be patient with adults when sometimes, you know, because adults, you have to be patient with them sometimes too. <laughs> um, yeah. But but anyway, I, I really think I've learned to be patient, and I can thank Ryan for that. You know, that's interesting because that's the word that Luke used. When I interviewed really? Luke, he wow. said exactly the same thing isn't that interesting yeah how has this shaped your thoughts on family life well I think so people use the words atypical typical kid but there's no such thing as a typical atypical family really because every family has a different story every single family has their own stuff that they deal with don't deal with whatever so honestly like I just someday if I have a family like 
I'm not going to go into it thinking it's going to be the perfect little cookie cutter thing mm-hmm. picture. I honestly think that you can turn any family life into something beautiful. And that's what I've learned. Thank you. Thank you. I think one thing that I struggle with feeling like, not that I've failed or that we failed, but we didn't provide whole family togetherness. For example, if we all were to get together to play games, we wouldn't be playing games with Ryan because there are games he wouldn't want to play or he couldn't play. Mm -hmm. Or we splinter up because we're trying to meet the needs of Luke and Kate, so we'll do one-on-one dates, one-on-one trips. We, we split up. You know, Chris and I will have our trips. I'll have girls' trips. Chris will get away. So there's a lot of splintering and also leaving Ryan behind. If the four of us want to go do something, go to dinner or get away for a weekend and not have to have the anxieties around food or anxiety in general with Ryan and have a little break, I, f- I feel like we, all, we don't know how to come together the five of us as a unit as much in the last few years because we don't take family trips really together and because of the splintering am I over worrying or do you still have a good strong sense of family and family togetherness I have a good strong sense of family togetherness now but if you were to ask me that a year ago I'd probably say no because I only I only looked up family togetherness as physical in the past like the five of us at dinner or we're physically the five of us going on a trip together like I was like why do we call a family dinner a family dinner when it's only just the four of us like I used to get so upset about that hmm. like I remember I was like I would like cry because of it I would even cry because really? I was like I was like, why are we calling a family dinner a family dinner if Ryan's not there, you know? Because Ryan's a part of the family. But over time, I realized, like, family togetherness isn't just a physical presence. There's an emotional level of togetherness that we share as a family because of all the things we've gone through together that makes us have a family togetherness. Okay, well, we could just end the interview right there because I think I need to go get a box of Kleenex. That was beautiful, Kate. Okay, hold on. (laughs) I have to gather myself together. That was really, really eloquent. That was really well said. And it just makes me feel so good as a mom that you can say that. Thank you. Thank you, honey. So how did we do as parents? What are some positives? What are some negatives in our unique dynamic in our unique journey something that I think a lot of parents can take away I guess is just that they need to remember to tell their kids that they appreciate them and I feel like sometimes I felt underappreciated because I helped babysit I helped do chores I helped you know, take care of him and become behavior slash nurse while living in a household with Ryan. And also, I guess I also felt like there was just not enough attention put on me. I felt like it took a lot to finally get that attention. 
and that's just something maybe some parents can work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's one thing that was hard. Mm-hmm. But uh, something that I loved is when you did take us on those one-on-one things, outings, because that was really special. And also when when you would just give us hugs. <laughs> like, I mean, I think I really love physical touch not all kids do for a while I didn't because I was just uncomfortable with it but but honestly when I was little and you'd give me those hugs like I loved it I appreciate it so much and like I appreciate it now too and also when you just you talked to us and told us it was normal to have those feelings towards Ryan that weren't always positive like we didn't always think the best of Ryan because it was hard being a sibling is hard being a sibling and you would tell us that that it's okay it's okay to sometimes be upset it's okay to not always love being a sibling but but at the same time it's it's great when you do say that you enjoy it so that is something if anyone's ever heard me talk on this topic something that I heard very early on and something I I thought I was practicing and Kate just confirmed that. So that makes me feel good. But I've said, make sure you keep the lines open. Make sure that you allow your kids to say whatever they feel. If they're feeling sad, disappointed, embarrassed, neglected, um, just angry or left out or wish, you know, this wasn't the case. All the feelings that our kids have had, the siblings, we have had as parents. And so what I've shared in the last few years is just validate. Allow them to say what they need to say and just validate, validate. So I'm glad that that actually did come through. Because I would just say sometimes it kind of sucks, doesn't it? This is really hard today. This is really hard. I thought Mm -hmm. this afternoon was going to be this really nice family afternoon, and then it just got blown to bits because of anxiety or meltdowns. Or or that one trip where we had to come home early. Yes, yes. But, um, yeah, I think it's it's really important to validate. Because, I mean, I didn't always feel like I was validated, but definitely, like, recently... There's been a lot of validation, like we've really learned as a family just to validate each other and our feelings instead of jumping on top of them when they say anything, just validate, just be like, I I see that what you're going through is hard. Kate, how do you think that this has prepared you for adulthood? There's many, like I talked about patience, you need patience to be, to live through adulthood because, I mean, you're going to have to deal with bosses you're gonna have to deal with landlords you're gonna have to deal with like a just a lot of different people and you need patience for that and I think that's really been a preparation for anything that comes anyone that comes in front of me you are only 15 so you can't know what adulthood is going to be like that's true like I I've learned stuff but I don't know if it's like specifically I feel like I've learned a lot of stuff but I can use it now just as much as I could use it in adulthood soon I'm going to be a young adult and those things are going to start to apply 
And I mean, they're even starting to apply now, like responsibility. I've learned a lot of responsibility in this. Soon I'm going to get my license and I don't know, possibly a car. <laughs> and you hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what about, I think about when you go to college mm-hmm. and you have a roommate that, you know, thought it was going to be ideal and maybe she turns out not to be an ideal yeah. roommate. Well, if you've lived with Ryan and learned how to have a Navigate interesting, that. difficult yeah. roommate, you could probably handle any roommate in college. Yes, for sure. <laughs> or post-college, right? I mean, I feel like if I decide to have a kid of my own, I mean, I feel like I'll be prepared for that because because I've dealt with different behaviors in our house. Sure, sure. Is there anything that we haven't covered, anything that you definitely want our parents who are listening to hear, like something you really want to leave them with that maybe we haven't said or something that is worth repeating? Something I'll repeat is the validation. Definitely remember to validate your kids and, I mean, all of them, even your kid with special needs. Just remember to validate your kids and also allow your kids to be vulnerable in front of you, allow them to cry, allow them to say things that they might regret saying later. Don't immediately jump on top of them for saying those things because they are just kids. They are learning and growing and healing from all the all the emotions that come with being a sibling to a special needs child. When you allow your kid to be vulnerable in front of you, that shows them that they're in a safe place with you. They don't have to worry, like, if they say the wrong thing, then it's going to be the end of the world, you know? So just allow your kids to be vulnerable and validate. Those are the two things I'll say. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being willing to share your experience and just to be so open, Kate, and... I know our listeners will benefit. I know that what you shared is really, really important and really, really beautiful. So thank you so much for thank being on the show. Thank you for bringing me on. <laughs> this was fun. Honestly, I was a little bit nervous to be on it, but it was really fun. Good. Before we go, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, BetterHelp. If you've been listening to this podcast or following me for a while, you know how important my mentors have meant to me and how much I value therapy for self-care and healing. BetterHelp is a professional online therapy and counseling service, which gives you secure, personalized help when you need it. They offer their counseling and therapy sessions through video, text messaging, and phone calls. They know that not everyone's struggles and needs are the same. And that's why within just a few days of signing up, BetterHelp will assess your specific needs and goals and match you with a real life counselor focused on helping you along your personal journey. And they do also offer financial aid services. So if you've been unsure about seeking out therapy or help, this is a great way to test the waters. I will leave all the details in the show notes and you can access our link for 10% off your first month at www.betterhelp.com backslash we are brave together. Thanks for listening to today's show with Kate. 
and you guys know how much I love quotes. So here are a couple quotes on siblings. The first one is the greatest gift our parents ever gave us was each other. And the second one that I found that I love, a sibling represents a person's past, present, and future. If you have not yet subscribed to our podcast, we ask that you would please do that. Leave us a review and leave us a rating because by doing that, it helps our podcast get out into the world and hopefully into the ears of more moms and dads who need our stories and need our resources. So please, please take a moment to do that. And if you are loving our podcast and you would like to donate to keep it going, please go to our website, wearebravetogether.com and go to the donate page. Any amount makes a difference. And as always, if you're a mom out there and you have not yet joined the tribe of We Are Brave Together, go to the same website, wearebravetogether.com, fill out the little pop-up form. And remember, you are not alone.